It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's edition of the financial physician. My name's Lou Scatigna, certified financial planner, Tax accountant and your host each and every week for our two-hour program where we talk money, markets, politics, and anything that affects your life. Want to be part of the program? The call number here is 732-237-9626. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? Good morning, Lou. We were talking before the show. A lot of things going on in the world. That it is. And there's a lot we're going to talk about. We got just a packed program today. Uh, We're going to talk about um, a lot of stuff. I got to tell you, we're going to talk in the second hour. I'm freaked out about a lot of things, but there's one specific thing that is totally freaking me out, and I don't freak out very easily. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some things that came out about Pfizer this week. Wait till you hear what a Pfizer executive said um, in an undercover interview. It's going to blow your mind because probably there's it, it only one place you saw it. Uh, you know, you got to understand the media runs cover um, for Pfizer. Uh, Everything's so corrupted. I mean, the media especially is so corrupted. You can't trust anything that comes out of the media, the government, uh, Hollywood. I mean, we could just go on and on, and we'll touch on that later in the program. But, uh, boy, I tell you, if you uh, have the Pfizer vaccine or you're thinking about getting it, you're going to listen to the second hour of this program. It's uh, it's mind-boggling. There's so many things going on uh, that... If one of them was going on, it's bad enough, but you put it all together and uh, we're living in some crazy times. So you're going to want to stay uh, stay on for the entire two-hour program. Uh, let's start off, though, talking about um, the last couple of weeks have been <laughs> quite, quite interesting in that uh, we've kind of touched a nerve with a lot of our listeners and our podcast listeners um, about banks. And we were talking about the safety of your bank accounts and FDIC insurance and we played audio of the FDIC uh, talking about not panicking the public with what's going to happen, and uh, they were talking bail-ins and bail-outs, and, uh, uh, and, and, and the most telling thing is they said the public has more faith in the banking system than those of us in this room, uh, which was just earth-shattering. And, and this is stuff, again, you will not hear this on NBC, you won't hear it on CNN, you won't hear it on even Fox, uh, you have to... Um, listen to alternative sources of information to get it. Uh, but it is true. I've played the audio on this program two weeks in a row. I still have it. I can play it again for you if you need to hear it. Uh, but we've been talking about banks and the safety of banks, and it's prompted a lot of people to contact me and say, Lou, uh, I want to take my money out of the bank. You know, I, I want to put it elsewhere. I want to have a lot of cash uh, outside of the system. How do I do it? You know, I mean, you mentioned on the program that there's limitations and they could file reports on you and everything else. So I want to talk to you about how to get money out of the bank. Now, 
you could always get a cashier's check. You could always wire money to, to a money market fund. Uh, you could do things within the system itself. But people are saying to me, you know, Lou, I don't want to be in the system. I want to have a nice cash position. I want to have $30,000 under my mattress or in a safe in my home. Um, and how do I do that? And can I just walk into a bank and say, give me $30,000 in cash? Well, you can, all right? But we're going to talk about the process. And the process is related to something called uh, the Bank Secrecy Act. Now, the Bank Secrecy Act was passed uh, by Congress in 1970. And theoretically, it was established um, so financial institutions can fight money laundering in the United States. Sounds like a good idea. Seems, you know, all these things that government does seems like a good idea, but then it gets corrupted. All right. Uh, So let's talk about what it is. Um, It's called the Financial Record Keeping and Reporting of Currency and Foreign Transactions Act of 1970. Uh, But it's commonly referred to the Bank Secrecy Act. And it's even been shortened to BSA. And that doesn't stand for the Boy Scouts of America. <laughs> it's the bank secrecy. So it all boils down to um, recording and reporting transactions to the government that seems suspicious in some kind. And a lot of people have mentioned on this program, but people who are not regulars to this program over the years know that if you put more than $10,000 cash into your account, that's a problem. And it is a problem. Yes and no, but you just can't do it and walk out without reports being filed. But what most people don't understand is that taking money out of the bank, taking your own money back from the system is just as bad as putting cash in. And the first time that I encountered it 20 years ago, I was flabbergasted by it. And I was the host of this program then. You know, and and I brought it to everybody's attention at the time. I walked in my bank and I wanted $17,500 because I wanted to buy some precious metal coins. Uh, And I wanted to buy it anonymously. Uh, And I, I, I filled out the withdrawal slip in my bank and I walked up to the cashier and I handed it to them. And she turned green. Not green as in dollar bills green. Green as gonna throw up green. And I was trying to say to myself, what's the matter with this person, right? So she disappears for a second, uh, and she comes back with the branch manager. Now, I knew the branch manager because we've had my personal accounts at the bank for a long time. I had my business account there for a long time. Uh, And she's, unlike most bank people, she was at this bank for like 30 years. So she knew me. And she goes, Lou, what are you doing? I go, I'm taking cash out of my account. I have 50000 in my my account. I want to take 17500 out. What's the problem? She goes, well, first of all, we don't have a lot of money in the branch. You know, we just, you know, can cash checks, you know, and stuff like that. But we we don't have tens of thousands of dollars available to give to one person. I said, well, then how do I get my money if I, uh, I want cash? She goes, you have to give us a heads up. I go, I'm not talking about $100,000 here. I'm talking about seventeen five. She goes, even so. Uh, it's a problem for the bank because if we give you all our cash, then how do we cash a check if somebody else comes in? 
Now, if you give us the heads up, I said, so you mean to tell me if I walk in here and I want 17500 you're going to tell me no. She says, well, if you came in in the morning and it, you were really adamant about it, uh, we'd call other branches in the county and we'd try to scroll up the money we need for you. But if you came in the afternoon, it's not happening. And optimally, you would call us like three days in advance and we'd make sure a Brink's truck came and we had extra cash on hand that day. And I said, what if it's 100000 She goes, the same thing. You know, you, you got to give us maybe even a week. Uh, you can get the money. It's just, you know, we got to be able to do it. And, and I understand that. I understand that. Um, but uh, there's a problem here. If you take over $10,000, either you deposit the cash or you take the cash out, it's going to start triggering reports to the government. And the first report is a cash transaction report or a currency transaction report. That's what it's called, currency transaction report, CTR. So the CTR must report cash transactions in excess of $10,000 during the same business day. The amount over $10,000 could be either in one transaction or a combination of cash transactions. And it's filed electronically with the Financial Crimes, Enfor- Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, also known as FinCEN. Now, I'm very aware of FinCEN because I'm a financial institution. We're a brokerage firm. We deal with money, people bringing checks in and everything else. And, you know, when somebody opens up an account with us, we have to go through FinCEN to make sure they're not a financial criminal. So I know what FinCEN is. Now, we don't do cash transactions in a brokerage firm, so I never have to file a cash transaction report. I'm not a bank. Uh, but still, we have to know our customer and know where this money's coming from to make sure it's not money laundering, it's not tax evasion, it's not terrorism, drug you know, drug dealing, that kind of thing. Uh, now, you can't try, you know, people think they're smart and they think that, well, what if I just put in 9000 today and tomorrow I put in 5000 and the next day I put in 8000 You know, I'm not going over that $10,000 limit. Well, that's a crime as well. And that's called structuring. That's trying to get around the law uh, by being cute. Or what some people will do is they'll go to three different branches of their same bank and put 8000 in one branch, 4000 in another branch. That's going to get you in a lot of trouble. And just realize that you're not in trouble for depositing a lot of money into your bank account or taking a lot out. It's just a matter of is there a pattern of this? I mean, you do it once. You know, a lot of why would you want to take cash out of the bank? You know, a lot of people, you know, go buy a used car or used boat or something like that. Uh, people want to pay cash for that, right? Or people want to accept cash for that. They don't want your check. I sold a, a car. Guy came in, seventeen thousand dollars in cash in an envelope, hundred dollar bills. Uh, I had uh, I sold a boat for fifteen thousand. Guy came with an envelope with fifteen thousand hundred dollar bills. That's the way a lot of people buy and sell vehicles um, is with cash. That's the way the deal is done uh, more often than not. Why is it done that way? Uh, taxes, you know, uh, sales tax. You know, if you buy a car for ten thousand dollars in New Jersey, you you owe seven percent sales tax, right? So that's seven hundred bucks. So if I buy the car for cash. Uh, when I bring the title in to get changed, I just say that uh, it was given to me from a friend for a hundred bucks. So you know, there's no, there's no, there's no cash check. 
Um, so people do want to do cash transactions. Some people just want to be out of the system. They don't want their money in a financial institution that could fail on them. They get nervous. They'd rather have it in their safe. And for the longest time, banks weren't paying any interest anyway. It wasn't like, you know, I, I have an advantage to put my money into the bank. So they just want to be out of the system. Or they wanted to have real money. They wanted to have God's money. They wanted to have silver and gold. They didn't trust the U.S. dollar. Boy, shouldn't they? Um, so anyway. So um, the second report that they may do um, uh, is something that uh, is called a monetary instrument log. It's something that a bank has to keep for five years. And what this does, it's a record of cash purchases of what is referred to as non-cash monetary instruments, like money orders, cashier's checks, traveler's checks. And if they carry a value more than 3000 uh, it's going to be on uh, what's called an MIL, a monetary instrument log. So, again, it, you know, if they're investigating you, they can go to your bank and say, you know, this person buy money orders. Well, the, the bank has all that information. Now, the next thing is what's called the suspicious activity report or called a SAR. This is a bad thing. You don't want suspicious activity reports filed on you. And it's filed with FinCEN um, for any transaction where a person tries to avoid uh, the Bank Secrecy Act. Like I said before, it's structuring. Or if the bank feels that you're doing some kind of money laundering or check fraud or wire transfer fraud, uh, the bank is obligated to say, you know, there's something suspicious here. And uh, there's an electronic filing system where, where the bank can say, you know, this guy came in, he wouldn't answer questions. And, and one of the things they're going to ask you is, what do you want the money for? Now, I find that to be offensive and uh, invading my privacy because why should you know what I'm doing with my money? This is my money in your financial institution and I'm trying to take out. Why is it your business what I do with my own money? Well, it is their business because the government made it their business. So, you know, just because you take out $15,000 will not necessarily trigger a SAR report on you. But if you evade the reasons why, and, and I was told this directly from my branch manager. Now, they're not supposed to tell me this because it's all supposed to be secret. But because I knew her for a long time, she, you know, uh, she said that, um, yeah, you know, if you don't answer this question, you know, we have to file a, a suspicious activity report. So I had to tell her, uh, I'm going to buy some gold coins with it. But I felt very uncomfortable having to do that because why is it the government's uh, responsibility to know what I do? But again, nothing secret anymore in our lives. The government wants to know everything. Your medical records, they want to know your vaccine status, they want to know what you're doing with your money, and soon, once they do the digital currency stuff, uh, they're going to know everything you do. Uh, and so I did it recently. I sold a boat and I went to deposit $15,000, and uh, you know, I asked the bank branch manager, which I didn't know that well, but she knew me because I came in regularly. And I said, well, what will happen if I give you 17000 Is some report's going to be? And she wouldn't answer. She goes, I can't answer that. 
because it's secret. And part of the Bank Secrecy Act requires a financial institution, um, if they're filing a SAR report, to keep it secret from the customer. And it's pretty heavy fines for um, financial institutions not reporting this. So again, how do you get your money out of the bank? Well, call the bank. Tell them, look, I want to take out $25,000 or whatever it is. uh, Or go in there and talk to the branch manager. Do it a few days, you know, like, you know, best to do it a week ahead of time if you could. And say, look, I'm taking this money out. This is what I'm going to do with it. I'm buying a car or I'm just, you know, I want to keep it in my safe or whatever. Uh, And you'll be fine if you do it once. But if you do it a number of times, the bank is going to be suspicious of you. Uh, By law, they have to be suspicious of you. And they're going to file these reports to the government. Now, will anything come of it? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I've had cash transaction reports done on me, and I never got a follow-up call from the IRS or the Secret Service or anything like that. But I imagine if there's a a pattern of this, the government's going to ask some questions of you. Now, if you just want to get your money out of the banking system, and a lot of people do these days, especially those who saw that video and heard the audio of the FDIC saying that people are going to panic when they know what's happening and we got to keep it quiet and that the public has more faith in the banking system, then I'm going to play this again. This is so important, I think. And nobody's playing it on mainstream media. Uh, and this was a few weeks ago, so, so, so it kind of died out. But I think it's that important. I'm going to play it again. It should be accessible when people need to know. But I don't think you have much hope of, of reaching a public that doesn't have a professional need to know. I, I completely agree with that. I almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out. Like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like, my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. They just assume they're going to pay my claim. I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do, (laughs) that we want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They get their money out. So there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people who charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, and, and it's fine. I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. All right. So, I mean, earth shattering. Should be on every news story in America. Should be in every newspaper. And this is the FDIC speaking. This is the committee that deals with banks that are insolvent. It's probably the most earth-shattering thing I've, I've ever played on this show. 
besides what I'm going to play for you later in the program in the second hour regarding Pfizer. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's the insurance company that insures your savings is telling you that they, 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 they don't want you to know what's going on. They, they don't. One thing that's missing from this video is what they're talking about, what's coming. They don't say, but they say when the public knows about it, all hell is going to break loose and we have to keep it quiet. Now, they go on to say also that big institutions, well, they have lawyers and accountants that would know this stuff and would see it. Uh, That's okay. They can take their money. You know, we'll let them do their thing, but we can't let the public know. And the most telling sentence in that is the one that says the public has more faith in the banking system than the people in this room, which is the FDIC. And then they chuckle. (laughs) Boy, if that doesn't make your hair stand up on the back of your neck and make you want to take your money out of the bank tomorrow, I don't know what does. Uh, And then there's a second segment I'm not playing where they talk about what a bail-in is. Bail-in is you lose your money. Bottom line. Um, but the thing is, is that people are emailing me, Lou, I want to get my money out of the bank. I just want to keep it in my house. How do I do it without getting in trouble? Well, this is the way you got to do it. I mean, you got to let the bank know you're taking it out. They're going to ask you why. You got to tell them. Uh, and you got to wait a few days. Uh, and you'll go in there and they'll have your money available to you. Now that's that's the theory. Now, I'm sure that would work with twenty thousand. I don't know if it would work with a million bucks. I don't know if it would work with a hundred thousand bucks. I, I don't know how that would work because I don't know of anybody who's done it. And I love to hear from anybody who's done this, who's gone into a bank and said, "Give me cash, fifty grand." Uh, I like to hear your stories about it. Either call in the program or or send me an email, Lou at the Financial Physician dot com. Um, so that's the Bank Secrecy Act, something you have to be aware of. Uh, and, you know, this may be going away because if we go to central bank digital currency, cash is no longer valid anyway, so you don't have to worry about it. And you know what will happen at that point? Uh, they're going to say, okay, by by next Tuesday, uh, cash is no longer worth anything, uh, so you better get it back into your bank accounts by then, otherwise it's null and void. And you're going to have a lot of people coming in and depositing $100,000 and triggering all kinds of suspicious activity reports. And then the government will go after you. The the 86,000 new IRS agents that they're funding, uh, you'll get a phone call from one of them. Maybe we'll touch on uh, central bank digital currencies later on. And what about a safe deposit box? Well, many of us have safe deposit box. Uh I don't, but uh, many people do. Uh, And why would you have a safe deposit box? Because you want to put stuff in there that, you know, you don't trust keeping at home. Either you're afraid that it's going to be stolen or you're afraid it's an important document that you may lose. Um, Maybe you have a home safe, but, you know, you're worried about a fire that may not, the safe may not survive. Uh, You're worried about theft. So you want to keep it in a safe deposit box. Now, you got to keep in mind, during emergencies, a safe deposit box may not be accessible. How about COVID? Remember the banks were all shut? You couldn't get in there? What if you needed to get an important paper? 
You had to jump through hoops. You make an appointment with the bank to get in there and, and get it out. Uh, just realize under certain uh, circumstances, the government can seize safe deposit box. A couple of years ago, it happened in uh, California. They seized everybody's safe deposit box in an institution because one or two customers were using it to launder money or hide money. So everybody's safe deposit box was accessed. You know, I think everybody should probably have a home safe where you, you can keep uh, some important documents and maybe some cash on hand. What is appropriate things to keep in a safe deposit box? Well, maybe a social security card. Now, we don't need our social security card very often. I don't even know where mine is. I don't think, I know my social security number. What do I need my card for? Uh, as the years have progressed and we've moved to a computerized society, I, I imagine back in the 60s, you may have needed a card for something or in the 70s. Um, but sometimes I, you know, I'm opening up an account for a new client just recently. And they said, what's your social security number? Oh, let me see. And they go in their pocketbook and they pull out their little wallet. They pull out the social security card because they didn't remember the number. If there's one thing you have to commit to memory, it's your social security number. It's amazing to me. It's somebody 70 years old who's had a social security number for their whole life. Don't remember those uh, eight numbers. Uh, you got to remember, you don't need your card. And God forbid somebody, you know, finds your card, you're in trouble. What else is a good thing to keep in a, a safe deposit box? Your birth certificate, your marriage certificate, maybe a divorce decree, something that you're not going to need on a daily basis uh, and you want it to keep safe. Uh, even if the government goes in there, you know, who cares? It's just your, your birth certificate. Because if you have to um, replace one of these documents, it's a pain in the neck. Go to Vital Records. Try to try to replace your birth certificate. You got to go back to the, the city or town you were born in. You got to go through a whole thing. Cost you money. Uh, you don't want to lose that stuff. Uh, nowadays, stocks and bonds, you don't have certificates anymore. Everything's electronic. But, you know, if you've owned stocks for a long time, maybe you have some uh, uh, stock certificate or bond certificate. You know, maybe uh, uh, that's a good place to keep it in a safe deposit box. But just realize if um, you want to transact something, some bad news comes out on the company you, you, and you want to sell the stock, uh, you know, you're going to have to go to the bank. You're going to have to access the certificate. You're going to have to endorse the certificate. You're going to have to get it into a brokerage account so you're able to transact it. Uh, nowadays, most everything's electronic entry. You just call up your broker and sell it and buy it. Uh, but many people still come in my office with paper certificates. Uh, their parents had it, AT&T from God knows when. Um, so that may be something. How about uh, sentimental value items? Uh, like personal papers, love letters from a loved one. Uh, now, you, sometimes you have cherished letters. Maybe you, your mom or dad wrote you a nice letter once in their past now, and it's something you don't want to ever lose. Uh, that that That's probably something you can keep in a safe deposit box. Uh, nowadays, most people keep their photos in the cloud. Uh, again, everything's electronic now, but if you have some old family photos... Precious ones um, of maybe grandparents, uh, 
uh, that you don't want to lose. Uh, you could scan the photos, you know, keep them in the thumb drive so you have them available to you on your computer, then take the originals, maybe put them in a safe deposit box. Uh, collectibles, maybe you have a stamp collection. You don't use it very much, but your grandfather gave it to you as a child, and it's something you want to keep and maybe give to your grandkids uh, or dad's baseball cards or something like that, uh, or a Mickey Mantle rookie card that's worth some money. Uh, maybe a safe deposit box is that. Uh, how about jewelry you don't use? You know, jewelry is very valuable. Maybe some people want to keep some jewelry. They don't want it in their house in case it's stolen. Uh, just keep in mind, FDIC uh, is not insuring the contents of your safe deposit box. So if somehow something goes missing there, uh, you're not covered. So just keep that in mind with anything you put in a safe deposit box. Here's a good thing, a really good thing to keep in a safe deposit box. Home inventory pictures for insurance purposes. You know, it's a real smart thing to walk through your house and photograph anything of value in it. Uh, jewelry collection, um, anything of value. Because if disaster ever strikes your home, you have a home uh, inventory uh, and you could show pictures to the insurance company that you took of your house with this stuff in it. Uh, but if not, you know, you can keep that inventory, you can keep that um, that zip drive or something uh, in a safe deposit box. Property records. Do you really need to have your mortgage documents or the closing documents for the, the buying of your house 15 years ago? No. Uh, but you may need it when you sell it to figure out capital gains or something like that. Those kind of papers is a good thing to keep in the safe deposit box. Uh, how about titles to cars and boats? That's a good thing. I, I'm, I've am i sold a number of vehicles, and I've gone crazy trying to find a title. Uh, uh, I'm not very organized that way sometimes, and uh, uh, got to go through all the my, – my wife is great at that stuff. You know, you know where this title is? Oh, I know exactly where it is. Uh, but I don't. And if you're one that that easily misplaces things and stuff, uh, this is something that would be a good thing to keep in a safe deposit box. But you don't want to keep cash. You know, a lot of banks now are saying, do not keep any cash in a safe deposit box. It's illegal. I know Chase Bank, you you can't do that. Um, So don't keep a lot of cash in a safe deposit box. I wouldn't keep gold or silver coins in a safe deposit box. Uh, again, those can easily be confiscated uh, and so forth. But just keep in mind, too, that if you have a safe deposit box, make sure somebody you know and love and trust knows where that box is because you pass away. And people are passing away suddenly these days. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in the second hour. Uh, if you're a victim of sad, sudden adult death syndrome, um, you know nobody's going to know where your safe deposit box is. And you know what? Don't keep your will in your safe deposit box because nobody can access the safe deposit box until the will is probated and they're named the executor. So your will will be, will be stashed away in a safe deposit box that nobody could access and can't probate the will to access it. That's a big one. I've dealt with this before. Trust me. Uh, uh, you don't want to keep your will your living will, your power of attorney, those documents got cannot be in a safe deposit box. They'll never be able to be accessed if something suddenly happens to you. So last three weeks, I, I promise uh, I'm going to 
end uh, our three-week talk about banks opening the program about it. But, you know, with that FDIC video that came out, uh, and it's only been a month or two since this meeting took place. So this is very contemporary. Uh, again, the press has not reported this. As a matter of fact, this has been buried in so many places and censored. They don't want you to hear this. Um, but uh, you'll hear it here on this program like you hear a lot of things that you won't hear elsewhere on a program. And that's why you tune in each and every week for either the podcast or the live show here on 92.7. All right, let's take a break. 732-237-9626 is the call number if you want to be part of our program. My name is Luz Katigna. Don't go away. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. Luce Katigna here, certified financial planner, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard every Sunday, 7 to 9 a.m., right here on 92.7 WOBM-FN. Hey, it's that time again, income tax season. There has been many changes to tax rules the last few years. Some deductions have been eliminated and some have been expanded. Avoid IRS headaches by putting my 35 years tax preparation experience to work for you. I guarantee that your return will be accurate and in most cases will be prepared and ready for you in less than three business days. This season, I'm taking on a limited number of new tax clients. Call for an appointment today and receive a $100 discount off our already reasonable fee. Tax season does not have to be stressful anymore. Call and lock up your appointment at our downtown Tom's River office by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. AFM Investments has been providing financial planning and income tax preparation for over 35 years. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member FINRA, NSIPC, registered investment advisory services through Fortitude Advisory Group. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. I'm Luz Katigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your 
financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or planning to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday morning, 7 to 9, for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service through Fortitude Advisory Group. Call the Financial Physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, my name is Luz Katigna. You know me as the Financial Physician. We get together each and every Sunday live, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, where we've been bringing you this program for, this is our 23rd year here on WOBM. Most of the years up until about a year ago, we were on the AM side, 1160 AM, and the last year we've been here on the FM side, 92.7 WOBM, and uh, just got our ratings this week. Our show is growing. Our audience is is, uh, growing by leaps and bounds, the podcast as well. Uh, Every week we seem to have a record number of downloads of the podcast. Uh, The podcast is available at thefinancialphysician.com, the financialphysician.com. Paul puts it up right after the show's over. So if you don't get up early, you go to church, uh, you don't want to listen to uh, a deep radio show like our show is early in the morning until you get a couple of cups of coffee in and maybe breakfast, or you are um, a long-term listener and it's been a tradition for you to listen to the show 9 to 11 uh, while you're eating your breakfast. uh, no matter how you listen, we don't care, but the, the show is available at thefinancialphysician.com. And right at 9 o'clock when the show's over, we start seeing the downloads start to come in. So people right away you know, are, are coming in to listen to the show at 9 o'clock. And I guess that's our listeners from the AM side that were so used to us being on 9, 9 to 11 uh, there as well. But um, the, the podcast is available at thefinancialphysician.com. Record number every week. We're the number one financial podcast at Podomatic. And uh, we got, we built quite an audience in Ukraine. <laughs> I think there was close to 100 downloads uh, from Ukrainians. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ukrainian war probably in the second hour. And I think that's why they tune in, because they hear me talking about this. And uh, But uh, downloads, uh, a couple of African countries, uh, Australia. Uh, we got a big listening audience in Canada, uh, Italy, uh Luxembourg, Lithuania. So wherever you're listening to the program, thanks so much for joining us. Again, that's thefinancialphysician.com. The podcast is there. And then later in the week, we put up, uh, usually it's my opening half hour, uh, we put up the video uh, on Rumble, uh, but we have the video available at thefinancialphysician.com. If you want to see us do the program, um, you know, see the video uh, and put uh, a face with the, the voice, uh, you could do that. Usually we have it up around Thursday. Uh, it varies, but right around Thursday. All right, so uh, it is uh, going to be February 1st on Wednesday. Where does the time go? It was just Christmas and Thanksgiving. I don't know. Uh, but it's officially income tax season, um, and uh, the IRS opened up uh, tax filing season on the 23rd, meaning that you're able to, uh, we are able to, as accountants and yourself, to uh, e-file your returns. And many people want to do that because they get a refund and they can't wait to get that money, uh, especially living in the times that we're living in now. Uh, so uh, income tax season is in full um, full swing right now. Now, you should have gotten or received 
uh, all your tax doc, well, almost all your tax documents uh, by uh, the 31st, uh, which is what, Tuesday. Uh, by law, businesses and companies are supposed to provide you with your W-2. Uh, any 1099s uh, have to be to you by then. Uh, say you have non-employee compensation, you would get a 1099 NEC. These are for people who are independent contractors. Uh, and if you're an independent contractor, you hate getting your 1099 because you know that's gross income that you're going to have to pay a ton of tax on. Uh this is especially true of real estate agents because <laughs> they never pay their taxes during the year. Uh, I love when a real estate agent comes to me. They got 100000 in income. Uh, what was your estimated taxes? Oh, I didn't pay any taxes. <laughs> and then I tell them they got a $25,000 tax bill. And they look at me like a, a dog uh, with their eyes crossed. Well, I don't have that money. Uh, anyway, uh, so... Uh, uh, 1099 MISC, miscellaneous income. If you get dividends, you're going to get a 1099 DIV from either your brokerage firm or from uh, if you own individual stocks, uh, they'll send it to you uh, directly. Uh, 1099 INT, uh, interest you earned in the bank account, no money markets or anything like that. 1099 R. This is if you took distributions from a 401k or an IRA or an annuity or a pension. You got a pension, 1099R. So you should have all these by the, at the end of this week, in the middle of this week. Now, there's one exception to this, and that's uh, brokerage 1099Bs, right? Uh, uh, about five, six, seven years ago, time flies so fast, maybe it's 10 years ago, uh, the IRS gave brokerage companies um, up to February 15th to mail out your 1099 from them. Uh, and the reason why they did this is because there's been a lot of corrections that come through. Sometimes dividends were incorrect and or you'd file your taxes and then, you know, the brokerage firm would send you a corrected 1099. And now you got to go back to your accountant and change it and everything else. So the IRS said, look, work out all your kinks, make sure it's correct. You got till February 15th to send them out. Uh, so that means you'll get them, you know, roughly the 20th. And that's true of almost all my tax clients because most of my tax clients are also investment clients of mine. Uh, so they don't get their 1099s till around the 20th, and then all of a sudden uh, we go from not being very busy to being blown out, you know, for the rest of tax season as everybody tries to come in. Uh, then there's something else that even comes later, and, and that's uh, K-1s. You know, if you're in a partnership or part of an estate, uh, the K-1s sometimes come in late March, and I've had clients call me up after, you know, Three weeks after they filed their taxes and say, Lou, I just got this K-1 in the mail. What do I do? And then we've got to redo the tax return. We've got to amend it. Uh, filing, uh, the filing deadline this year is April 18th, Tuesday. Uh, the 15th falls on a Saturday, and, and typically it'll be the next business day. Um, but the next business day is a holiday in the District of Columbia called Emancipation Day. And the IRS observes that day. Uh, so they're going to give you to April 18th to file. Now, you could also uh, file for an extension. A lot of people call me up, Lou, I can't pay my taxes. I want to file an extension. Well, that's that's neither here nor there because it's not an extension to pay your taxes. It's an extension to file. So whether you can pay the taxes or not, uh, you're probably best filing on time. Uh, but some people are just procrastinating and they file extension. 
Um, and we could do that. And you got six months to file your tax return at that point. But if you haven't paid your taxes and you file your tax return in October and you owe the IRS money, they're going to hit you with all kinds of penalties. So sometimes people say, look, I don't have all my documents together, but you know, I, I, this is my estimate of what my income is. Well, I could say, well, let's pay an estimated payment on April 15th or 18th in this case. Uh, and we'll do your taxes over the course of the next six months, but at least you paid the taxes in advance. And you won't get hit with penalties. Now, uh, it's been dreadful. Anybody who's tried to contact the IRS the last few years knows uh, what a waste of time it is. Uh, Because you may be on hold two hours, three hours. They play nice classical music. I got to give them that. But, but, uh, I mean, or you'll be in hold forever. (coughs) And, uh, you know, the IRS has been understaffed. Also, if you're mailing in paper returns, some people haven't had their paper returns from 2020 processed yet. That's how backed up they are. There's millions of returns that haven't been processed because when you do paper returns, somebody has to actually input all the numbers into a computer. It's 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 labor intensive. But this week, uh, the Treasury Department on Monday unveiled several new efforts at the Internal Revenue Service to help taxpayers file their return and get their refunds quicker this season. The IRS added more customer service representatives, is providing more online tools, and is modernizing how it processes paper returns. The improvements, which are funded by the Inflation Reduction Act signed in August, should bolster return processing time and get refunds out faster to some taxpayers. The upgrades also come after the IRS struggles with employee shortages and the backlog of millions of unprocessed um, returns in recent years. Regarding the backlog, the IRS is also assigning more people to work through the inventory as quickly as possible. Um, In the meantime, the agency is putting together a plan to deploy $80 billion to improve operations. Yeah, improve operations and then hire more audit agents to go after you. So what did they do? They added 5,000 more employees to answer phones and provide other services. That's a good thing. Um, you know, only 11% of calls during a pandemic reached an IRS agent. Uh, they had 15,000 employees to answer 240 million calls. <laughs> that's that's a little understaffed, wouldn't you say? Uh, but the Treasury official is saying the goal now is to keep your waiting time under 15 minutes. I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, they're also going to open up online portals that allow you to respond to notices electronically. Now, in the past, you know, you get a notice from the IRS. You had to mail in documents and things like that. They're now going to allow you to upload them. So that will be a quicker um, way to deal with it. Uh, Also, they're adding taxpayer assistance centers centers where you can go in and meet with somebody and get some things dealt with. The IRS hired almost 650 more staff members to provide in-person support nationwide at its 361 national locations. The IRS will start processing paper returns to an automated scanning system. This means that the new procedure means taxpayers who paper file their returns should get their refunds sooner than in previous years. Right now, there's 21 million unprocessed returns from last year. 
<laughs> from paper returns that, that, that were mailed in. So scanning should alleviate this pileup because you don't need a human being to actually in, you know, put it in. Uh, what else could I tell you about taxes that you should know? Um, IRS alerts taxpayers and must answer a new question on tax forms or face consequences. The IRS issued an alert to taxpayers on Tuesday, reminding them that they must report all digital asset-related income and answer a new digital asset question on their 2022 federal income tax return or face consequences such as delayed refunds or even penalties. The IRS said in a January 24 release that a key change on 1040 forms this year is that the agency has replaced the term virtual currency with digital assets. What's the difference, you say? Uh, Well, this is what they say. At any time in 2022, did you, A, receive as a reward award or payment for property or services, or B, sell, exchange, gift, or otherwise dispose of a digital asset or a financial interest in a digital asset? All taxpayers must answer the question regardless of whether they engaged in any transactions involving digital assets. Now, you have to click yes in this box if you receive digital assets as payment for property or services, transfer digital assets for free, receive digital assets resulting from a reward or award, receive new digital assets resulting from mining, staking, or similar activities, Receive digital assets results from a hard fork, whatever that means, uh, a branching of a cryptocurrency's blockchain that splits a single cryptocurrency into two. Dispose of digital assets in exchange for property services. Dispose of digital assets. So anyway, if you did anything with cryptocurrencies, you better say yes. Uh, you, you could click no if you merely owned it but didn't engage in any transactions in it. So if you bought it, say, in 2021, and you have five Bitcoins, um, you don't have to answer yes to that. So another little wrinkle in um, in taxes. Uh, also, uh, this came out this week. Uh, Congress to vote on whether to abolish the IRS and introduce a national sales tax. It's called the Fair Tax Act. Now, uh, there's been talk about this for years. It's not going to happen. Uh, the proposal is that there'd be a 30% sales tax on all goods and services. Uh, kind of like a value-added tax, I guess. And they're saying, well, that's fair because everybody would pay the same taxes. But of course, you know, they'll say, well, that's just socking it to the poor because, you know, they can't afford it to begin with and the rich people will will get off because um, they won't be paying the, the higher tax rates. Anyway, so it's tax time. Uh, it's 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 a, a time that many people hate or dread. Uh, I kind of like it. I've been an accountant for 35 years, so I kind of like tax season. We're busy as hell. I get to see all our clients. Uh, every tax return I look at is like a puzzle. It's like a challenge. Uh, and uh, love tax season. Uh, and, you know, it's becoming more and more complicated. More people now than ever need somebody to help them with their tax return. I think it's probably the best money you ever spend is to have a professional do your taxes um, and uh, get emails all the time. Lou, are you taking on new tax clients? Yes, I am. Uh, clients of mine die off every year, unfortunately, and, or move or something like that. So he always has capacity to take on new tax clients. So uh, 
Anybody looking uh, for a seasoned veteran accountant? Yes, I am available uh, uh, for new clients. Uh, just call my office, 732-905-8100. Uh, set up an appointment. We'll get you in. Don't panic. Um, no problem. Uh, we have business day hours and Saturday hours, um, uh, and uh, you'll find that our fees are extremely affordable. Also, new clients that come to me, brand new clients for the first year, we give them a $100 discount just to entice you to come in. So, yes, we are taking on uh, new tax clients. So we'll be talking about income taxes uh, as the tax season progresses. All right, our phone number here is 732-237-9626. Let's go to the phones and uh, welcome Rob, who's calling us from Brick. Hi, Rob. How are you? Good. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Okay, um, question. Um, I may be coming into um, some money in the near future uh, uh, as a Assuming it would be considered a gift, uh, maybe in the sum of thousand dollars. Wait, I didn't hear. Uh, the, I didn't hear the number. What was the number? Uh, somewhere around sixty thousand dollars, maybe. Sixty. Um, yeah, around okay. sixty. So um, I'm just kind of wondering. Um, it, it's from the uh, house sale. Uh, potentially, my mother might be selling her house and splitting uh, it up between her my siblings. And um, what is she still alive? Um, a couple questions is, is would that be considered a, a gift? I would imagine. Correct. Yes. Like, yes. Okay. And, uh, taxable. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. Now look, you, you know, if your mom's selling her house, okay. And is she single? Yes. Okay. So, so she has a 250,000 capital gain exemption. Okay. So assuming that her capital gain does not exceed that. There'll be no taxes to her in the sale of the house. A gift to you would be non-taxable as well. Now, gift tax laws allow you to give a certain amount per person, 15, 16, I think it's 16,000 now, maybe even 17. I don't pay attention yeah, to it. Yeah, it's 17 yeah, now. But, but it's meaningless because if you give more than that, all it does is lower your, your million plus uh, uh, lifetime gift exemption. So, I mean, it, it's not a big deal. I mean, it, nobody's going to pay tax okay. on this, all right? Uh, nor do okay. many people even file taxes on this to even file the gift okay. tax return because it's moot. It used to be where, you know, the estate tax exemption was so low that, you know, people would would gift money away so they, they, they could avoid estate taxes. The, the, the estate tax exemption is so high nowadays that nobody even gets hit with it unless you're a multi-multi-millionaire. Uh, so the IRS doesn't care. Uh, but theoretically, if you want to stay within the gift tax rules, uh, uh, your mother can give um, uh, uh, sixteen, seventeen thousand to you. Same to your wife. Same to your children. Uh, you can give any individual that amount. You just can't give anybody one individual more than that without theoretically filing a gift tax return. But the bottom line to it is, you can gift anything you want to anybody within reason, and nobody's paying tax on it. Okay. All right, so that's and that's a good thing, man. You know, it's nice. You know, we have issues now, especially in the state of New Jersey, that if you inherit money from somebody that's not your parent uh, or grandparent, you know, a straight line descendant, uh, you got to pay fifteen percent to the state. Like, like say a brother, if your you know your brother you know dies and you inherit his money, you're going to pay fifteen percent to the state. Uh, wow. Whereas in a gift, uh, there's no taxes on the gift. You know, there's some other rules regarding the timing of the gift uh, in the state of New Jersey to avoid the 15 percent inheritance tax. These things are a little complicated, but for all intents and purposes, your mother can easily give you a sixty thousand dollar gift, and uh, there's no taxes or uh, going to be paid by any money. Okay, 
So right. now if I put that in an investment and I earn on that, then that's taxable. Yes, yes. Of course, once the money's yours, you know, any uh, property, any profit or capital gains or interest or dividends, sure. like any other account you have, would have to be reported as taxes. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Good luck. Uh, I wish I was great coming. Answer. I wish I was coming into so many, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's not for a great reason, but it is what it is. Thank I, you. I understand. All right. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Uh, all right. Let's touch markets before we get to the top of the hour. Uh, markets have had a great January uh, after a, a horrible 2022. We chronicled at the end of the year how bad the markets were, the worst since 1871, some crazy thing like that. But so far in uh, 2023, the markets have rebounded nicely. This week, the Dow was up 1.81%, up 2.51% year to date uh, for January, and that's the lowest of all the indexes. S&P 500 um, up 2.47% for the week, up 6% uh, year to date, uh, almost triple actually a little over double the Dow Jones. The Nasdaq was up uh, a significant 4.32% this week and and up a pretty whopping 11% for January. Uh, But the Nasdaq had the worst year of all the indexes last year, being down 31%. So uh, 11% bounce uh, obviously is welcome to uh, Nasdaq investors. Now, does this continue or not? I don't think so. Uh, I just believe that as we enter the recession, it becomes more obvious. Uh, we're going to see much more market volatility. But uh, so far, so good um, in January. Uh, let's look at the 10-year Treasury bond. The yield has creeped up uh, this past week to 3.51%. Uh, was as low as 3.38%. So we're seeing a little bit of interest rate creep here. Uh, 30-year fixed-rate mortgage jumped this week um, from 6.15 the previous week. The average in America is 6.45% right now. Uh, So a pretty significant jump uh, in mortgage rates. Uh, Gold market, pretty flat for the week. Uh, 1928 uh, is the price of an ounce of gold. Silver down slightly, uh, $23.60. Oil, 79.38. Uh, oil's been creeping up a little bit lately. Uh, we're starting to see it in gasoline prices. You know, if you see it when you're driving around, you're looking at your your, your local Wawa. Or if you're on a parkway, we're looking at about you know three fifty five a gallon. I think we were down to about three thirty uh, a month or so ago. So we're starting to see gasoline prices uh, start to rise again, and that's obviously concerning from an inflation standpoint. Uh, it looks like the effect of the Biden administration uh, draining our strategic petroleum reserve is, is gone. Uh, and uh, we're starting to see a creep in gasoline prices again. Uh, whether we go back to $5 a gallon or not, I don't know. Hopefully not. But um, the trend now is higher. I think we're up something like 13% uh, uh, so far this year uh, in gasoline prices, which... Uh, Energy prices flow through everything in the economy, so we're going to keep a good eye on energy. And uh, there's lots of reasons why I think the price of oil is going higher. Uh, don't have time now to talk about that. Bitcoin has been holding uh, its gain, uh, 23000 uh, a Bitcoin right now, if you recall. Back in December, I think it was as low as 16000 So we're seeing uh, cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, uh, starting to do better Uh I, again, I'm not a big fan of uh, digital currencies. Uh, I don't understand them. Uh, some pretty smart people, including J.P. Morgan's CEO, Jamie Dimon, says it's it's a joke and, and there's really no value there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, 
but uh, Bitcoin seems to be holding up pretty good uh, and, and, and rallying for all of those uh, crypto investors who have their life savings in uh, cryptocurrencies and saw themselves destroyed last year down 60-something percent. Good for you. Uh, maybe you should use these bounces to, to get out of them. I don't know. Again, I'm not an ex- expert at digital currencies and uh, don't plan to ever own one. All right, top of the hour, 732-237-9626 is our call number. My name is Luce Katigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Join you on the other side of the break. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. All right, welcome to hour two of The Financial Physician, the fastest two hours in Financial Talk Radio. Thanks so much for joining us uh, we get together each and every Sunday live here on 92.7 WOBM to talk money, markets, and politics, but we're available anytime at thefinancialphysician.com on our podcast, uh, our very popular podcast. Uh, I'd like to uh, welcome a new sponsor of the program today. Uh, we've never really had sponsors on the program, but you know, I was contacted uh, this week uh, by a company um, that uh, wanted to sponsor the program. Brought to you by Pfizer. No, so that's our new program sponsor is uh, is Pfizer. So um, I had it, you know, we just finalized it in the last hour. So uh, I'm going to can my whole second hour of my program because it's not very, very favorable to Pfizer. <laughs> uh, and I tell you, what I'm going to show you a little later on in the second hour, how's that for a tease? Keep people listening. Um, is uh, It's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind if you haven't heard it already. And you probably didn't uh, because mainstream media didn't report it because it's brought to you by Pfizer, all these news shows. Uh, anyway, let's touch on a few things before we get into some of those current events, things that we're going to talk about. And, and you know, as you, most long-term listeners to the program know, the first hour we, we tend to be more financial, more market, more economy talk. Second hour tends to be more political, political correctness and um, current events. And uh, like I said, half of you love the financial stuff. The other half of you love the political stuff. And I guess some other percent like both. So uh, we we, we mix it up here. We talk about everything here on The Financial Physician. Uh, Let's go through a couple of things here. This I thought was interesting. Um, um, You know, the Republicans now uh, run the House of Representatives. And uh, uh, they're starting their business last week. And uh, they're not wasting any time uh, trying to change things in Washington. And it's causing a lot of people to be upset about it, of course. Uh, uh, but uh, I thought this was interesting, and I, I, found, uh, uh, I found this to be very interesting. A Republican in the U.S. Senate, now this isn't the House, this is the Senate, is looking to prevent lawmakers and their spouses from trading stocks 
on, on which the officials would have privileged information and use the bill's title to make a not-so-subtle dig at former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Did you hear about this, Paul? No. Okay. All right. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley introduced the Pelosi Act, officially the Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investment Act. Pelosi. You see how they always like to name an act so they could use an, an acronym, you know, the CARE Act, the Inflation Reduction, you know, all these kind of things. Um uh, so, the Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investment Acts requiring members and their spouses to divest any holdings or put them in a blind trust within six months of entering office. The bill comes after revelations last year that Nancy's husband, Paul Pelosi, hammerhead, Paul Pelosi. <laughs> that was awful, though. I, that video that came out this week about him getting hit with that hammer. Oh, my God. I had to turn it away. I feel, feel, feel bad, maybe. For Paulie, I guess that's a little, not very nice to call him hammer. Paul's looking at me like, what are you, crazy? Uh, No, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to call him hammerhead, but that may stick. Um, Well, he traded between 1 million and 5 million of stocks for semiconductors just before Congress allocated 52 million to the industry. Uh, So, you know, do you know that? Congress critters, Congress people are the only people in the country that are exempt from insider trading laws. That's right. You or me trade on inside information, we go to jail, disgorge all our profits. Uh, but Congress is exempt from that. And who has the most inside information? How about this headline that came out on January 25th last week? Paul Pelosi dumped 30,000 shares of Google stock one month before the DOJ antitrust lawsuit was filed last week. You think he didn't know it was coming? He dumped uh, 20,000 shares of Google in December, a month before the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland filed their antitrust lawsuit this week. And, of course, Google dropped on the news. must be nice to have that information. It really must. (laughs) <laughs> here's another, here's another, um, another act that was introduced by Matt Gates, a firebrand MAGA Republican. He filed the pencil resolution on Thursday. Uh, the legislation will ban Adam Schiff from accessing classified information. And the legislation urges Congress to launch an investigation into him. If you recall... Uh, uh, Adam Schiff was kicked off of the Intelligence Committee. He was the chairman of the Intelligence Committee when the Democrats were in Congress. So he saw some of the most secret stuff, uh, including uh, information regarding Russia and uh, the Russia Gate thing with, with uh, Trump. And he knew it was all a lie, came out after seeing this stuff and still perpetrated the lie. So uh, preventing extreme negligence with classified information licenses resolution is the pencil resolution. What's that mean? Well, people call him pencil neck because he's got such a thin neck. So they, they, they introduced the pencil resolution. Um, so Getz said this. He said, as a member of the Gang of Eight, Rep. Schiff is responsible for characterizing critical, sensitive intelligence information to other members of Congress and the American people. During his time in Congress under President Trump, Rep. Schiff falsely claimed there was clear evidence on the issue of collusion and falsely claimed that Trump campaign accepted help from the Russian government 
to win the presidency. All right. So he's basically saying, you know, he saw this inside information, exculpatory information, and didn't do anything with it. Uh, what else do we have here? Federal Reserve meet, meets this week. Um and it's widely anticipated that they're going to announce on Wednesday a quarter of a point increase in interest rates, um, which will be, I think, the what the sixth or seventh or eighth meeting in a row where the Fed's raised interest rates. I mean, interest rates at this time last year was zero to a quarter of a percent. This is going to push it up to four and a half percent. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what the Fed says. You know, the markets pretty much know what the central bank is going to do regarding interest rates because they forecast it. They don't want to surprise markets. So Fed governors come out and uh, they do interviews and stuff. And uh, it's pretty much widely anticipated that they're going to announce a quarter percent increase in interest rate, which is the smallest increase we've seen in in, in a number of meetings. They were increasing at 75 basis points, you know, three quarters of a percent. Then in December, they went a half a percent. uh, And now that looks like they're going to go a quarter of a percent. Now, the question is going to be, what are they going to say going forward? Is, are they going to make, indicate that maybe that's enough for now? Uh, or are they going to indicate that they're hell-bent on fighting inflation and will continue to raise rates and keep them high for a protracted amount of time? Now, this is what the market's going to react to. Uh, and the last you know, few meetings, you know, Powell has come out and said, you know, damn the economy, damn the markets. We're going to do everything we can to get inflation under control. And it's had a very, very negative effect. Now, some people in Wall Street believe that they're going to raise a quarter percent two more times after this. Uh, but meanwhile, we're starting to see really bad economic numbers come out. Here's a headline. New home sales just suffered the biggest annual drop since October 2020. So we're seeing uh, new home sales drop uh, pretty significantly. They're down 26.6% year over year. Uh, Not good for, obviously, home builders. We're seeing cancellations running at a higher rate than the peak we saw in the crisis of 2008. So a lot of people who contracted to get a new home they're saying, wait a second, uh, with mortgage rates at these levels, we can't afford them. We're backing out. The median home price, uh, new home price, dropped to 442000 um, recently. Still pretty high. Um, existing home prices uh, are falling faster than new home prices, um, and existing home sales are falling as well. Um, so is this really what the Fed wants? I guess so. Here is uh, some more negative information about the economy. Uh, Leading U.S. economic indicator falls for the 10th straight month, suggesting recession soon. So everybody's talking about a recession. I can't remember in 40 years in my career hearing so many people talk about a recession coming. You know, usually, you know, it kind of creeps up on you, but everybody's been talking about recession uh, for a long time. And when you see the leading economic indicators falling for uh, uh, 10 straight months, that's usually indicative of a uh, recession around corner. And it's pretty well documented that, you know, we're going to have a recession this year. The question is, uh, how bad is it going to be? And will the Fed panic and and, 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 and go the other way uh, and start lowering interest rates again? And I think part of the, the, the rally we've seen uh, in um, in stock prices in January is anticipation that, yes, the economy is going to go into recession. And uh, and that the Fed's going to reverse 
uh, and start lowering interest rates and give the market the, the methamphetamine uh, that's propelled it for the last 10 years, which is cheap monetary policy and printing of money. Uh, but inflation is still here. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's moderated a little bit. It's still high. Uh, and the big story nowadays is, is eggs. I mean, eggs is probably one of the the biggest drivers of food inflation now. I saw a story this week that said organic eggs in some stores in New York City are $18, $18 a dozen. Wow. Uh, I remember when we could buy a dozen eggs for 99 cents. They were like the cheapest protein source in the world. Uh, but now it's $1.50 an egg. Uh, and uh, I have to have my eggs. Uh, now, I don't want to flaunt my wealth, uh, but I have, I think, three dozen eggs in my refrigerator. I mean, I, I don't want to flaunt it. Like, you know... Uh, I heard so I was listening to some website and the guy was talking about uh you know whenever he he pulls up next to like a uh, like a, a nice expensive car and if the guy thinks he's all it he's just going to open up a dozen eggs and show him what he's got <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, you got that nice car but I got a dozen eggs here. Look at this. Uh but you know part of it and this is this is kind of screwy but uh part of it is because they're saying that there's H1N1 bird flu, right? And that if you have a flock of a, a thousand hens and one of them has bird flu, you got to kill the whole flock. That's kind of weird to me. I don't know why you got to do that. I mean, why not just kill the one that has it and see what happens? Uh, you know, you know, a kid a kid has uh, the flu in in school. They don't kill the whole kindergarten. Do they? <laughs> well, they don't kill the kid either. But but why do they have to cull the whole flock? I don't know. Now, there's a story going around, and you won't hear it on the mainstream media, that the FDA, who goes and inspects these flocks, is either uh, falsifying the record. Or injecting, inoculating some of these birds with the flu so they can kill off the whole flock. They're trying to kill off our food supply. You get it? And I tell you, the more I hear about this, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, I think. They're trying to kill us. Something, some entity is trying to kill off humanity. Be it with a food crisis and famine. Pandemics, poisonous vaccines, nuclear war, which we'll talk about in a second. I mean, we can go on and on here. If one of these things, you know, is bad enough, let alone when you put them all together. Uh, oh, look what I look what I heard. This is this morning. Crazy Lou, four thirty in the morning, still working on this program. I printed this out. I haven't even been able to highlight it yet. But here's the headline. Massive fire mysteriously occurs at egg farm in Connecticut. Uh, that won't help the egg shortage, right? Uh, several fire crews were called to a massive fire that occurred at an egg farm in Bozra, Connecticut on Saturday afternoon. The fire c- occurred at Hillendale Farms. Uh, what else does it say? Massive fire. Um, uh, the cause of the fire is yet to be determined. Since last year, the price of eggs has risen over 66% due to a current egg shortage. 
Uh, this is probably one of over 100 food processing plants or food plants around the country that mysteriously have caught fire and been destroyed. Are they trying to kill off our food supply? It's becoming more and more apparent that that may be true. But don't worry. The World Economic Forum says we could eat bugs, and it's happening already. Listen to this story. This week, a food additive made out of powdered crickets began appearing in foods from pizza to pasta to cereals across the European Union. That's right. This is, this is a true story. Defatted house crickets are on the menu for Europeans across the continent without the vast majority of them knowing it's now in their food. This comes thanks to a European Commission ruling passed earlier this month. I wonder how many people on the European Commission are part of the World Economic Forum. As per the decision, which cited the scientific opinion of the European Food Safety Authority, oh, I trust them, just like I trust the FDA, uh, the additive is safe to use in a whole range of products, including but not limited to cereal bars, biscuits, pizza, pasta-based products, and whey flour. But don't worry, because the crickets first have to be checked to make sure they discard their bowel content. I'm glad they take them, making sure their bowels are clean. Lovely stuff here. Uh, uh, critics suggest that once bugs become widely accepted as a food additive, their consumption will become normalized across the board. The liberal world order has decided that the little people must eat bugs to prevent climate from fluctuating in accordance with ruling class ideology. This is, uh, writes David Blunt. Yet rather than mindlessly obey the experts, as most P did with COVID policy, people have resisted. So our moon bad overlords are uh, sneaking insects into our food. The European Union also approved the use of Alphatobius diaperneus, otherwise known as the lesser mealworm for human consumption. Now, I don't think that the elites at the World Economic Forum in Davos last week were eating bugs. I think they were eating uh, filet mignon and lobster tails and uh, uh, and enjoying $2,500 a night prostitutes uh but um they certainly weren't eating bugs uh grocery stores in new york city are considering locking up food because theft has become so rampant you believe this stores people look shoplifting is out of control and right you could legally just go into any new york city store and rob everything and even if they do arrest you you're going to be out in two minutes i mean you could you could physically assault somebody with, with, with a, a crowbar, break their head open, you're going to be out the same day in New York. So uh, grocery store operators are considering locking up uh, at least the expensive food. Uh, you know, you know, we've all seen like razor blades being locked up in the past because they were really expensive and you had to get them to unlock it, you know, and, and get that out. But now, now just everyday foods. It's just unbelievable what's going on. <laughs> just uh, food. That's going to be the big story uh, going into um, uh, the rest of this year. So what freaked me out? I am totally freaked out about what's going on with this, what's now 
the war between the West and Russia. If you didn't think this was the beginning of World War III, uh, you should know this week. We're going to send all kinds of tanks now to uh, to Ukraine. Uh, uh, France is going to send some. Germany is going to send some uh, because we twist their arms and say they have to do it. Uh, and now we're going to send Abrams tanks, which is kind of a joke because by the time they get there, uh, it's just so hard to, to – first of all, we don't have extra ones. They have to be produced. Uh, then it takes 22 weeks to train a prospective crew to run it. Uh, that's five and a half months, by the way. Uh, and after uh, the crew is trained, uh, they need two more months uh, of unit training to learn how to fight with the tank in a company. Uh, uh, there's no place in Ukraine where they could train because the tanks would just be blown up uh, by uh, Russian missiles. Um, so it's going to take uh, Ukrainian soldiers longer. To, they're going to have to come to other places outside the country to learn how to do it. Then there's not going to be parts. And then uh, Russia's just going to blow them up. <laughs> They've come out and said, you know, hey, Abrams tanks burn too. <laughs> you know, there's no problem. And we're not sending enough to make a difference. What, 31 tanks? Is that going to change the war? No. But it sure is enough provocation to have Russia come out and say, they're coming out warning us they're going to use nuclear weapons if pushed in the corner. Nuclear war is right at our doorstep. And nobody's trying to de-escalate it. Nobody wants talks about that. There's only one person who thinks it's crazy, besides me. Uh, it's President Donald Trump, who came out this week and tweeted on youth... Well, he put out a truth on, on, on Truth Social. First come the tanks, then come the nukes. Get this crazy war ended now. It's so easy to do. Do you realize... The stolen election may result in the annihilation of the human race. Could talk about consequences of an election, let alone a stolen one. First of all, there wouldn't be a war in Ukraine right now if Trump was president. And there certainly wouldn't be talk of nuclear war. And believe me, you know, the West has put all their, all their chips in the, on the table. There's no turning back now without looking incredibly weak. And it, Putin's not going to turn back. I mean, this is like insanity. So we're playing for all the marbles here. That's what it comes down to. And our our, our leaders, quote-unquote leaders, they don't get it. Does the West really think that they could defeat Russia? How are we going to defeat Russia? Backed into a corner, they're going to use nukes. They got more than all of us. How is that going to happen? What do you think? They're just going to lay down and say, okay, you beat us. And uh, we've sent all kinds of equipment. We've sent $100 billion in total aid so far to Ukraine. And by the way, that's all being uh, uh, plundered. You see this story? Uh, what is it? Uh, so uh, top leaders in, um, in Ukraine have had been forced to resign or, or been sacked because of corruption. No kidding. Including the guy that's in charge of dispersing the money we're sending there. Here's, this, here's the headline. Ukraine rocked by corruption scandal. Wave of top officials resign. Sports cars, mansions, and luxury vacations. 
as people suffered. The Ukrainian government on Tuesday confirmed the resignation of multiple high-ranking officials amid large-scale corruption allegation and what's being called the biggest mass resignation and graft scandal since the Russian invasion began. And whose money is it? It's ours. I told you this was going to happen. These are top people. Defense Ministry had early announced the resignation of Deputy Minister, I can't even say his name, Shapovalov, who was in charge of Army's logistical support on the heels of accusations. It was signing food contracts at inflated prices. Yeah, how much was he getting kicked back on it, right? Unbelievable. I wonder how much money Zelensky's put away in Swiss banks Swiss bank accounts. Unbelievable. Nuclear war. Yeah, we're, we're going to defeat Russia. I mean, if that, that does the West really think that? Does Biden administration really think that? Oh, by the way, you know, it wasn't long ago that, um, let me see it here, uh, where Biden talked about what would it mean if we sent tanks, tanks to, to Ukraine? The idea, the idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains going in with American pilots and American crews. Just understand, and don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War Three. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, so it is. Now, this German defense minister, uh, was it Germany or France? I think it was Germany. Defense minister, she came out, and she looks like a kid, by the way. Uh, she came out and said that the West is at war with Russia. She can't set it. We're not, we shouldn't be at war with each other while we're at war with Russia. I'm paraphrasing what she said. And, of course, other countries in the West scramble to say, no, no, we're not at war with Russia. We're just helping Ukraine defend itself. But we are at war with Russia. And Russia knows it. The Russians are so now in, so invested in this war right now. There's no way they're going to ever back down. Now they may have some kind of agreement where they keep the Donetsk region. And for those who don't understand the history of Ukraine, and again, I get emails: "Oh, you're a Putin puppet." These people don't understand the history, okay, of, of how this all came about. Eastern Ukraine, the Don Donbas region, they all speak Russian. They have a long history of Russia and they've been part of Russia for a long, long time. Uh, I believe um, the number of Russian leaders have been born there. I mean, Ukrainians are, at least Eastern Ukrainians, are Russians. And for years, the Azov Nazis, and believe me, there is Nazis in Ukraine, have been committing genocide against the Russian-speaking people in those regions. At the same time, NATO, since the collapse of the Soviet Union, has been creeping up to Russian borders and moving missiles and, and offensive equipment to the Russian border. Right? This is what's prompted this. And uh, the Russians, even this week, have said they're willing to have talks on how to settle this. But Ukraine and the West have no interest in peace talks. And why is that? Do they? We, I guess the, the Biden administration 
um, believes that we could severely weaken Russia by having a quagmire in Ukraine. Um, so Biden says that it would be World War III if we send tanks. And now there's talk about F-16 fly, uh, planes and everything else. Um, it's not long before uh, this is not a proxy war anymore. It's going to be real. And by the way, this week, the World Health Organization, another deep state elitist Illuminati that wants human, uh, uh, humanity destroyed, has updated its list of medicines to stockpile for radiological and nuclear emergencies just hours after the EU warned that Russia is at war with the West. The global health body issued guidance on how to survive a nuclear catastrophe in a new report today, warning against intentional uses of radioactive materials with malicious intent. The report was published as the specter of nuclear war looms over the world after the West supplied state-of-the-art tanks to Ukraine to the fury of Vladimir Putin. So now the, the World Health Organization is telling us to stockpile stuff to deal with nuclear war. Um, this is insane. Uh and of course, everybody's saying, well, you know, Putin's real, real intention is to take over Eastern Europe and reconstitute the Soviet Union. Uh, there's no evidence of that. So we're, we're, we're increasing um, the risk in Ukraine by giving them these tanks that aren't going to do anything anyway. Uh, they're not going to change the, the course of the war. And by the way, the propaganda of the West is that, you know, Russia's losing. That's not true. Russia's kicking their butt, but they're just doing it very slowly and grinding it out. Do you know that Ukraine has lost over 100,000 soldiers so far in 10 months? You know, we lost 53,000 or so in 10 years of the Vietnam War, and they've lost 100,000 in 10 months. How are you winning a war where you're losing 10,000 soldiers a month? And now the Ukrainian government is, is forcibly recruiting children and old men to fight. Yeah, and they're winning the war. Uh, the head of uh, NATO's military committee, Admiral Rob Bauer, said uh, in a recent interview that NATO was ready for a direct confrontation with Russia. It's just amazing. The Western leaders are hell-bent on starting World War III. Nobody's looking for an off-ramp here. And by the way, um, here's a headline. Study finds U.S. would run out of long-range munitions in week one of the China hot war. A new study released by the D.C.-based Center for Strategic and International Studies, a pretty prestigious organization, has concluded that America's defense industry is not adequately prepared for a protracted conventional war with an enemy with a large military like China. In merely less than a week of a hot war with China, we would uh, be out of long-range precision-guided missiles and everything else. Because we're giving it all to Ukraine, where it's just blowing up. 
How long do you think it's going to take for those 31 Abrams tanks to be blown up? Just might as well blow them up ourselves. But this is serious stuff, people. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, this is all the marbles. This is everything. And again, the money we're sending over there is just going into a black hole of corruption. Now, the question is, how compromised is our government? I mean, what you don't don't think that 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 Zelensky doesn't have all the information regarding the the Hunter Biden and the Biden shakedown of Ukraine and all the money that's gone to that family, including the big guy? You don't think they have all that information? You don't think they're telling Biden, hey, look, you keep providing us with this money. You provide us with tanks. You provide us with F-16s. And ultimately, you provide us with soldiers. Or we're just going to lay out everything that you did. That's how, I mean, this is serious stuff here. I can't believe it's 836. Oh, by the way, my wife texted me. She goes, she has my social security card. <laughs> I was, we were talking about safe deposit boxes uh, earlier. All right, let's let's take a quick break. On the other side of the break, I'm going to blow your mind uh, with the information that, that's come out of executive uh, from Pfizer. And uh, if I had uh, the Pfizer vaccine in my veins, I probably wouldn't sleep tonight. Uh, let's take a quick break. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top-quality work at the most affordable rates. Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard every Sunday, 7 to 9 a.m., right here on 92.7 WOBM-FN. Hey, it's that time again, income tax season. There has been many changes to tax rules the last few years. Some deductions have been eliminated and some have been expanded. Avoid IRS headaches by putting my 35 years tax preparation experience to work for you. I guarantee that your return will be accurate and in most cases will be prepared and ready for you in less than three business days. This season, I'm taking on a limited number of new tax clients. Call for an appointment today and receive a $100 discount off our already reasonable fee. Tax season does not have to be stressful anymore. Call and lock up your appointment at our downtown Toms River office by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. AFM Investments has been providing financial planning and income tax preparation for over 35 years. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member FINRA, NSIPC, registered investment advisory services through Fortitude Advisory Group. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 
732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker, Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. I'm Lou Skatigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician. Heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation, professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial and estate plan that will improve your financial health, and most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday mornings, 7 to 9, for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, Registered Investment Advisory Service to afford Advisory Group. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, you missed any of our program. Uh, just go to thefinancialphysician.com. We have the podcast of the program. It'll be up right after the show's over. Uh, many of you uh, don't get up early. You missed the program. You don't want to miss a minute of the financial physician because we talk about things on this program that you're not going to hear. Uh, anywhere else, uh, including what you're going to hear next. Um, but uh, love your emails. You have an email uh, you want to send me, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Something you want to, uh, me to cover on the program, you have a personal issue you want me to help you with, um, or you have a comment on something we brought up, um, I love your emails. I answer each and every one, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, a high-level Pfizer employee was caught undercover this week uh, on camera by Project Veritas, which is probably the top journalistic organization out there now. I mean, there's no journalism anymore. They just bought and paid for legacy media. Uh, but if you know Project Veritas, um, uh, he, uh, O'Keefe, his name is, James O'Keefe, uh, that runs that, they do a lot of these undercover things where they have a hidden, hidden camera and they, they get people to admit things that are really going on that you're not going to know otherwise. So this uh, Jordan Tristan Walker, he's Pfizer Director of Research and Development Strategic Operations and MRNA Scientific Planning. This guy is like the third highest up in Pfizer. How he got there, I don't know. This guy is a flaming gay guy, uh, which really does neither here nor there, but young guy, RNA Scientific Planning. This guy is like the third highest up in Pfizer. How he got there, I don't know. This guy is a flaming, right? He doesn't know that this is an undercover guy from Project Veritas. And he's telling him about, and you'll hear the, the audio. It's kind of, it's a little, you know, it's in a public place, so it's not that clear. But what he's basically saying here is that Pfizer is exploring ways to mutate COVID via what, what he calls directed evolution, which is gain of function, basically, in another word. So they can anticipate new strains and make new vaccines. But for them to be able to sell those vaccines, they'd have to release it into the public. You get that? So th- listen to what he has to say here. So so there's a video of it. You could see it. But obviously, there's a radio program and a podcast, so you, you can't see it. Uh, 
Uh, it's hard to find it because Google's eliminated the search for it. Uh, it's just your typical censorship stuff. Uh, but listen to what this guy has to say. He's on, he thinks he's on a date with another guy, and he doesn't know he's being filmed or recorded. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't worry about the You got to publish your own You got to publish your own Are we scoring? Like, no. You know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're scoring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can focus on this new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you can imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutated thing. We have very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, it's everywhere. So crazy. It's the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense if this virus walked out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. All right, so it's it's hard to hear. It's it's, it, but I just wanted you to hear that this is this actually took place. So I'm I'm going to read to what he said. He says one of the things we, meaning Pfizer, are exploring is like why don't we just mutate it ourselves, so we could create preemptively developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of like, as you can imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating effing viruses. Ed and Eddie believes Pfizer scientists are going about it slowly because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're figuring out future mutations. Don't tell anyone this. There is a risk. Have to be very controlled to make sure this virus you mutate doesn't create something the way the virus started in Wuhan, to be honest. Uh, and he goes on to say, uh, talks about directed evolution is different from gain of function research. So here you have a Pfizer executive basically telling you that their company is contributing, well, actually performing biological terrorism for profit. Do you realize how bad this is? This should be on every newscast there is. Now, um, he goes on to say that um, he he goes on to say that um, that it's not gain of function really. That he goes on to say that it is um, it is directed evolution. We don't want to use the term gain of function. And then he goes on to say that the regulators really don't care what they do. I'm paraphrasing uh, because. You know, most of them are going to get a job with the company after they leave. And that's the way it works in big pharma, right? You're on the FDA. Uh, you get a job with these companies because that's your reward. So, again, I know the, the audio isn't good, but I just want to play. I want you to hear it from the guy's lips. And... I don't know. It's all the tip. I think it's the for It's like this. It's definitely not being a function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do game function research of the viruses. Like, yeah. Probably not. But you do, like, these, like, selected special mutations to try to see if you make more coding. Yeah. So there, there is research on playing about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks to think Jesus Christ. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that 
uh, risk global public health. It's profoundly corrupt. All right, so that's Dr. John Malone, you know, responding to that. Now, you didn't hear it. This has been buried. All right, first of all, YouTube has taken down the video. You can't find it. You Google is, you can't search for it on Google. All right, you see the protection racket that they have. Uh, and uh, the only place you heard anything about this was Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson reported on it, and he also reported how nobody else in the media is recovering it, and that's how powerful Big Pharma is. And how powerful Big Pharma is, consider the news that did not break today. The pro-transparency news organization, Project Veritas, just released an undercover video of a Pfizer executive bragging on camera about how his company conducts a kind of Frankenstein science, manipulating COVID viruses for profit, imperiling potentially the entire world, doing it in secret, possibly in violation of federal law, bragging about this. So no matter what your politics are, doesn't matter who you voted for, that's a huge story. And you would think every reporter in this country would be itching to follow up on it, calling Pfizer, telling the public about it. But no, that's not happening. In the 24 hours since Project Veritas posted this footage, it has been viewed more than 12 million times on Twitter. So the public is very interested. Why wouldn't they be? But the media are not. No other media outlet has covered the story at all. We checked. MSNBC and CNN, which perhaps not coincidentally take huge amounts of advertising dollars from Pfizer, those two channels have devoted a total of zero seconds to the story. We'll just go online and find out about it. Well, Google, the biggest search engine in the world, which has a monopoly on search in this country, appears to have gone out of its way to make it much more difficult for users to learn anything about the Pfizer executive pictured in the footage. And so there is, in other words, on television and in most places online, a near total media blackout of this story. See, there you go. Uh, I'm surprised Tucker was allowed to talk about it on Fox, right? Uh, This is unbelievable. Uh, And... um, the reason why nobody is reporting on this, and you want to talk about corruption of our media? This is the reason. Brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by... Uh, You get the idea. It goes on for a long time. But you're listening to The Financial Physician, not brought to you by Pfizer, so I can talk about it. Now, this is a big deal. And like Tucker Carlson said, not a peep from the media. YouTube's removed it. Why would they remove this? This is this is not false. This is verified. This this is the guy. And YouTube took it took it down. You're not allowed to hear this stuff. Do you see how compromised, how corrupt government is and media is? They'll lie to you. They'll omit things. It's unbelievable. Now Pfizer came out. And responded to this 
late at night Friday when nobody was really listening. And uh, they quietly issued a statement responding to Project Veritas video. Pfizer Research Director Jordan Tristan Walker talking about Pfizer exploring directed evolution research uh, in the development of specific uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Pfizer does say that on occasion that, quote, working with collaborators, we have conducted research where the original SARS-CoV-2 virus has been used to express the spike protein from new variants of concern. Whatever that means. I don't understand. what It's jargon. Uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf um, joined Steve Bannon uh, Saturday morning on the war room following the press release. And she was very concerned with the details of the statement. She says that they go on to say, working with collaborators, we have conducted research where original um, SARS-CoV virus have been used to express spike protein and new variants of concern. She says, though, so that they're basically saying, yes, we are indeed driving gain-of-function research. We are indeed experimenting to make viruses more lethal. And the word that scares me is, quote-unquote, collaborators, because they're not saying American collaborators. They're not saying that they're working with Moderna, that they're working with the FDA, they're working with the CDC. It could be our existential adversaries working, as they have before, to make viruses more lethal, meaning China. Now. All right, so we have this this guy who's a very high-up director of Pfizer thinking he's on a date with a guy uh, and telling him all the stuff about what Pfizer's going to do and how the regulators don't care because, you know, uh, they're going to get a job probably with the company and, you know, it's great for the company, but it's bad for America, uh, blah, 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 blah. Now, you've got to understand, this company, Pfizer, has paid billions of dollars in the past for all kinds of stuff. Let's put it that way. Uh, but nothing is, is is as insidious as this. So Project Veritas founder James uh, O'Keefe um, confronts this guy afterwards, comes in and shows him on an iPad uh, exactly... Uh, what he said and asked them some questions. Now, he's very professional when he goes in there, him and his crew. It kind of reminds me of the old 60 Minutes. Remember, they used to still snag you, you know, somehow or some way. Uh, uh, this guy, you know, so he freaks out when he's confronted. He says, you know, uh, and, and, and this goes on for 10 minutes. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but if you listen to the whole 10 minutes, it's amazing. This guy starts freaking out. And ultimately, he gets violent and he starts grabbing the iPad and starts throwing it on the floor. He tells the owner of the restaurant to lock the door so they can't leave. Uh, it gets really, really crazy. Now, that, now, now, this guy knows that you know he's pretty much done now. You know, uh, his whole career is over. Uh, but listen to some of this. Uh, it's just nuts. Hey there. Is this seat taken? You work for Pfizer. My question for you is: Why does Pfizer want to hide from the public? The fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses. Is this real life? I'm literally a liar. I was trying to impress a person on a date. Why? This is absurd. Well, this is not. By the way, don't don't tell anybody.
So you see all kinds of hell breaks. The guy thinks by grabbing the iPad that it'll be gone. Like it's not on other servers and stuff, right? Uh, but this is an executive. Now, Pfizer has to really rethink their hiring practices, I think, because this guy, if you look at him, I, 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 I implore you to find the video. You know, you'll find it, uh, even though Google done away with it, YouTube has. Just you, you'll find it on websites. Um, uh, Zero Hedge has it. Um, uh, you just go to Project Veritas's website. Uh, the only journalist left in America. Like I said, you would think, like Tucker said, that 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 every news organization would be wanting comment from Pfizer on this. Nope, nothing. It's just unbelievable. Uh, and then, then they locked the door on him. Isn't that imprisonment? I mean, can you do that? Um, so... Uh, Senator Ron Johnson calls for Congress to investigate vaccine manufacturers and COVID vax approval process in response to Project Veritas's expose on Pfizer. So obviously Congress is, at least Republicans in Congress have seen it. Why Democrats wouldn't feel the same way about this, I don't know. Um, so there's going to be some congressional looking into this. Um but this vaccine, I mean, it's becoming more and more evident that this vaccine is affecting people in, 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 in just unbelievable ways, including death. We mentioned to you this last week that the FAA expanded uh, EKG readings to allow pilots to fly because so many of them are having bad heart rhythms. So instead of, instead of saying you can't fly because you're dangerous, you just change the parameters. After the vaccine rollout, the FAA secretly widened the EKG parameter range for pilots so they wouldn't be grounded. And uh, they increased it. Uh, uh, there's 300% increase in long-term disability claims by pilots. Uh, here's another one. FAA changes heart test limit. Triggers worry over pilot health and public safety. So they they increased it 50% from 200 to 300, whatever that factor is. Uh, remember that when you're flying on your plane, you know, the pilots, you know, the, you know they just change the health requirements. Uh, 300,000 non-COVID excess deaths in the United States since 2020. Gee, how did that happen? That's just uh, athletes. Uh, the UK government declared this week they're going to end COVID booster shots for healthy people under 50. But not here in the United States. Just keep go get your booster. All right. Oh, God, I didn't even get a chance to read all these deaths this week of young people. Just I, I got 50 of them here. Young people. Athletes, actresses, all dying, dropping dead. Why? Who knows? All right. Not enough time here on The Financial Physician. Two hours just isn't enough. If you missed any of our program, go to thefinancialphysician.com where we have the podcast. that will be up right after the show is over. Love your emails, Lou, at thefinancialphysician.com. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. 
My office number, you want to make a tax appointment, you want to make a financial review appointment, 732-905-8100, 732-905-8100. Have a wonderful week, and always remember, I'm not far right, I'm just right so far. Have a great week.